I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under Networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. All right, what's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of The Bird Calls. I'm your host and contributor to TheBirdRights.com, Preston Ellis. And today we have a special guest on to help us talk the NBA Finals, free agency, and you guessed it, the New Orleans Pelicans. Before we get started, remember to tune into our 80 Trade Package series, uh, headed up by David Grubb, David Fish, Kevin, as well as Ollie, and our most recent interviews with Robert Flom and Steve Kyler of the Basketball Insiders. And please, you guys, if you like what you're hearing, rate us and subscribe on iTunes. All right, let's dive in. First up, our editor-in-chief, Ollie, we're about one month from Summer League. What's the first thing you're going to do once you get there? Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. I don't know, Preston. Just go to the hotel and relax because it's been crazy. I'm just ready for a vacation. All right, simple enough. Finally, our special guest, national writer and four-time author, including Facing Michael Jordan, Mr. Sean Devaney. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Really good, man. We're pumped. We're two weeks from the draft. We got Zion. We've got all this information and influx on Anthony Davis. It's it's a good time to be writing on the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, I, I wondered that about you. Are you burnt out on it or are you enjoying this? No, I am filled with passion right now, dude. Our <laughs> good, numbers, good. I, you should be. You should be. This is this. This should be fun. It's exciting, and in many ways, Anthony Davis requesting a trade is the best thing that could have happened to the basketball city of New Orleans. Would you agree, Ollie? Oh, without a doubt. I'm sure Sean probably would, you know, have a similar thought because let's face it, had AD not requested that trade, and let's even take a step bur- uh, back further. What if you know Demarcus Cousins never, you know? rips up that Achilles. So yeah. there's a whole lot of things that fell in the sequence to where they are now. Now we've got the greatest, you know, to our eyes, anyways, the greatest management training staff. And now we've got the best collegiate prospect at our doorstep. Yeah. Can you imagine if uh, DeMarcus Cousins had signed that five-year $176 million Blake Griffin deal? We would be looking at one of the most immovable contracts in the end. So everything happens for a reason is the <laughs> bottom line, Sean. There you go. Uh, there you go. Let's I like dive the positivity. in. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some of the articles you've written. You've written heavily on Chris Paul lately, as well as John Morant on learning from Chris Paul. We've got a lot of John Morant fans in New Orleans, a lot of people hoping that if Memphis ultimately passes on him, maybe we deal with Knicks. Maybe Ja ends up next to Zion in New Orleans. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've learned from Ja? Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's uh, expecting to go number two, uh, you know, talking to him and, and, uh, uh, and his agent, that, that, that seems to be the vibe that you get is that, uh, uh, that, that he's expecting to go number two to Memphis. 
Um, and if that happens, of course, then uh, uh, the, then the Pelicans move on and and, and start looking at uh, you know whether they wind up with the three pick or the four pick. Uh, but but yeah, you know he's uh, he, he's probably not going to work out. Probably just meet with teams from what he said. Uh, you know maybe do a workout for for one of the top three teams. But 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 that was it. Uh, you know, and I asked him about that and he said, uh, uh, you know, look, I just played 30 games, so I don't know what else I have to prove. So, uh, it's a pretty good point. More, more and more prospects are taking that, uh, uh, that, that, that position. So, um, I think he winds up, uh, in Memphis. There's a chance that they would pass on him. I think that's a slim chance though. Sean, since we're talking John Morant, let's just dive right in because uh, everybody's been talking about it, you know, ever since the trade request, but especially now since David Griffin is actively searching for a new home for Anthony Davis. So can you um, basically give us kind of your thoughts on this whole Anthony Davis trade, like where you think maybe his best fit is and what the best chances for making a good deal for the Pelicans are like, is it in Boston, LA, or maybe somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, I think the best thing probably for all sides might be the Clippers actually. Um, I don't know if Anthony Davis wants to go there. That's, that's the thing. Is that a place he would sign long-term? But when you consider what the Clippers did in the playoffs, you know, how they looked against the uh, uh, Warriors, how they finished the season. Uh, They've got a coach that, you know, players love, you know, players love Doc Rivers Um, and, and, you know, an ownership group that, uh, uh, that, that has really changed the, the perception of that franchise really 180 degrees. So, uh, yeah, it's something where I think uh, I think the Clippers might be the best fit. Now, does that does that trade work out? I don't know. I I, I still think the Celtics probably can offer the best package uh, and will. I, I you know I know that there's been a lot of uh, uh, back and forth, and 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 certainly they're making plans on if they don't get Anthony Davis, they'd be crazy not to. Uh, but I think still plan A for them is still uh, uh, let's, let's, let's make our best offer for Anthony Davis is the guy they've, they've had their eyes on for, for two, three years now. Uh, so I think, I think you know, we're probably going to see the Celtics make the best offer uh, from the Pelicans' point of view. Uh, but, but I'm not sure that that's going to wind up being the best fit, uh, certainly not for Anthony if, uh, if, if, if Kyrie leaves and, and he decides he doesn't want to stay there. Now, Sean, you're right in that the Clippers have a bevy of picks. They've got extraneous talent like Montrez Harold. Danilo Gallinari would obviously have to go to that deal. But we want to ask this question of you. Obviously, we need a young blue chipper from whatever package we get from, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, the Celtics. Can you compare and contrast the Lonzo Balls, the Shea Gilgis-Alexanders, the Landry Shamets, to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? What is your favorite combination of two young blue chippers from each of those teams? And do you think there's any chance the Pelicans could possibly pry both of them? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that, that there's anybody who can match Tatum and Brown. And, and Tatum didn't have a great year this year. I think he got inside his own head a little bit. That would concern me, certainly, you know, if, if, if you're going to have a, a young player who, you know, sort of lacks that, that, that mental toughness. And that, that, that's a question with him. You know, that's something you'd have to keep an eye on for sure and, and, and you'd have to find out more about. Jalen Brown's the opposite, though. He's, he's as tough a guy as there is. Uh, and I think he's only scratched the surface. He really was asked to sacrifice 
uh, a lot this year. He didn't exactly like it, uh, but he did it. And and there was only maybe one time where he really complained about it. Uh, and and I think you have to like that about him. He is he's he's a tough guy. He's a guy I think you'd, you'd really want on your team. Uh, but Tatum has the higher uh, the higher ceiling. If you get both of those guys and Marcus Smart, I I don't think that there's a better combination, especially if you throw in the picks. Uh, I think that is the best combination that you could get just in terms of, um, you know, the kind of talent that you're bringing in. Uh, the one concern I would have is is that, you know, if you've got Tatum, Brown, and, and, and Williamson, I know it's positionless basketball, but at some point you still kind of need positions, you know, so you'd have to, you'd have to do some, 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 some working out with, uh, with that. But I think that's the best, uh, uh, the best package. I love Shake Gildas Alexander, and I know they do too. Uh, it'll be tough to pry him from the Clippers. Um, at least that's the position that they're taking now. I think that'll change, uh, you know, when push comes to shove. Uh, but, you know, just, just to have that kind of uh, size at a point guard and, and really, again, a guy who's just scratching the surface. Um, you know, I think that, uh, that, that he's really got uh, a huge amount of potential. But, you know, it, when you look at what the other pairings would be, I, I like Shamit, but, you know, I mean, he's a player, you know, he's, he's probably a starter, but, you know, a Danny Green kind of starter, you know, not, not, not your best guy. Uh, and Harold is, is, is a very good pick and roll big man, but, uh, uh, but, you know, that, that's probably all he's, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be able to step out and hit three pointers, things like that. Uh, so I, I think talent wise, uh, what the Celtics could offer uh, is, uh, is, is probably head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, we all agree. But here's the $64 million question. Will Danny Ainge give up just even, let's say, just Tatum? And the reason I'm asking, Sean, is because in recent days, we've heard like from Stephen A. to Mark Berman up in New York talking about how they really believe Kyrie Irving's going to go to and join up with the Brooklyn Nets. If that was to happen, how smart do you think it is for Ainge to pursue Anthony Davis, give up a lot of young talent, including Tatum, and then, you know, face the risk of Anthony Davis walking after one year, especially if he doesn't land another star to put alongside AD. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I, I think Ainge, uh, and, I, and I go back, you know, you got to go back uh, uh, 12 years now, I guess, uh, uh, to when he got Kevin Garnett. Uh, you know, don't forget before that, they had to make the trade. They had the number four pick, uh, wound up being Jeff Green, and they traded him uh, for, uh, for Ray Allen as part of a package. Uh, to get Ray Allen, and he went and got Ray Allen with nobody else. You know, just 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 knowing that if I have Ray Allen with Paul Pierce, then maybe I can make a trade for Kevin Garnett later. Kevin Garnett did not want to go to Boston, uh, and, and and all throughout that summer, if you look at that deal, I believe it didn't get done till August. Uh, you know, so, so that dragged on and on before they finally convinced Kevin Garnett uh, to kind of give the okay to that, give his blessing to that deal. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a huge risk for Ainge to take, but I think he's willing to do that kind of thing. Uh, you know, he's, he's willing to kind of gamble on uh, the championship possibility rather than, hey, let's stay around 50 wins uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, maybe get to the conference finals. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. And, and certainly there's people even within the Celtics organization who say, uh, Hey, we should really stop this and just focus on developing the guys we have. Uh, but I just don't think Ainge is one of those guys. I think, uh, uh, as long as he's calling the shots, they're going to pursue Anthony Davis and then just, just hope that they can convince Kyrie to stay once they have Davis. 
Nice. Thanks for that, Sean. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the biggest ticket in New Orleans, our blue chipper, the guy who's got us all freaking out, Zion Williamson. The Pelicans, uh, I think it was 6% odds, uh, leapt into the first overall selection. He's coming to New Orleans. Uh, he's not going back to Duke, thankfully. Uh, just talk about your overall impressions of what Zion is going to be in the NBA. You know, it's uh, he's 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 such a unique guy. It's it's that's not necessarily easy to to compare him. Uh, you know, a, a lighter Charles Barkley is 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 something that I've heard. Um, you know, a little more athletic, obviously, uh, but, uh, uh, but 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 with that kind of potential to be, you know, just a very consistent 23, 24 point a night player who uh, uh, who can get 10 rebounds uh, and, uh, and 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 could do a, a variety of other things. Um, you know, he's a pretty good defender now. Uh, I think that that he'd have to make some adjustments, uh, obviously, as as all college kids do. But uh, but but you know, he, he he's allowed to be a little more of a freelancer uh, with Duke, and he'd have to be more of a better man on man defender, I think, in the NBA. Uh, and and of course, you know, there there is the question about what position he is. Uh, you know, whether he's a small forward, power forward, center. You know, you, you could make an argument for any of the above. Uh, but again, his talent is so overwhelming that, that that'll work out. I'm, I'm not worried about that so much, uh, but you know, it's more, it's more, you know, how he translates to the NBA. I think, especially on the defensive end, that's, that, that's the one thing that you'd be a little concerned about that. Uh, but, but, but other than that, I mean, this guy just got uh, uh, such monster potential. Um, you know, I, I would think that, uh, uh, that, that the comparison to Charles Barkley without the, uh, uh, without the waistline uh, is probably, uh, is probably the best one. <laughs> Yeah, Sean, we've, we've heard all sorts of comparisons as well. Um, even, you know, as high as he's the next coming of LeBron James, if his handle improves and, you know, his vision gets a little bit better. But, you know, we're just happy to get him, of course, because everybody saw the yeah. highlights. And when you see a 285-pound guy doing what he can do, get off, what was it, 43, 44, 45 inches, I heard once he, he got up in the air. So that's just incredible. But listen, how yeah, it is. You think- I, I think and I've heard, you know, I've heard those LeBron comparisons too, guys, and I, I think that's a little unfair because yeah. LeBron, you could see that in high school that he had. You can't teach that vision. That's not something that you learn. He had that in high school, you know. So I, I think that's a little unfair. I, I've heard that as well. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he, he's never going to be the playmaker that LeBron is. Uh, but I think he could be a better scorer. I really do. I think he's he's, he's got that kind of uh, capability, especially as he develop. And I think he's got the ability to develop a better outside shot. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't see LeBron. I I think he's much more of a uh, um, you know obviously the athleticism is there, but but he's not that kind of playmaker. All right. Yeah, this uh- is- Yo, go ahead, Preston. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to drop in with some breaking news from Ben Steiner of Amico Hoops. He's reporting that the Celtics are still uh, very interested. A source has informed him. Go ahead, Ali. What were you saying? No, I was just going to ask. That's how we kind of view Zion as well. So this, this team really does need a, a point guard, even though, Sean, I know that we kind of chatted about it on, on Twitter, that I, I just know that Drew Hawley likes to play off the ball, and Alvin, yeah. of course, wants to push the pace as much as possible. So... If the Pelicans don't land, say, Shea Gilgis, maybe some other prime uh, point guard they're in the draft or through trade, do you think they should bring back Alfred Payton? And also, what are what is your opinion of Julius Randle? Is he done now because they have Zion pretty much locked, up, locked in to come uh, to New Orleans? Yeah, and I think I think with uh, with Randall that that whatever trade they make, if you look at all the potential packages, you, you're pretty much going to wind up some with somebody who's going to be able to, uh, you know, where, where, wherever you slot 
Zion, you're probably going to have another forward with him. That's that's probably how this is going to work out. So uh, so I think they they wind up letting Randall go. Um, you know, as far as point guards, you're right. I mean, you know, Peyton is certainly somebody they could bring back. They they, they need a placeholder. You know, I don't think any, that that they're going to get anybody um, in in the off season. It's it's unlikely to me that they'll get somebody who who is going to be the long term solution. Uh, obviously, you know, Drew can handle the role. It's not what he likes to do best, but uh, uh, but 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 even if you can get a combo guard. Uh, you know whether it's like a, a a Patrick Beverly or somebody like that. If you get hey, if you get Ricky Rubio on a on a on a on a deal, if he if he's had trouble getting a uh, uh, getting a decent contract, that might be somebody to look at. Um, so yeah, I mean they they they're going to have to sort of hustle, I think, for uh, uh, for for point guard help. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, uh, that, 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 that'll definitely be a hole, but, but, but I think that, uh, uh, that, that long-term, uh, there'll be an answer that, that, that'll be the next priority. Uh, but, but I just, I, I really have a hard time seeing them being able to fill that role. Um, you know, unless it happens in, in one of the trades, the Brooklyn package or the, or the Clippers package point guard is probably going to be an issue going into next year. All right, Ali, uh, had a question about uh, Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Uh, that's That's been one of the more popular conversation topics because although we are hoping for, um, you know, this package that you mentioned from the Clippers or the Boston Celtics, ultimately the one team that we know is desperate to get Anthony Davis is the Los Angeles Lakers. Now we've got reports from Bill, Bill Plaschke saying that LeBron might want out if they're not able to score anybody in free agency. And it's hard to determine just who the Lakers could conceivably get in free agency. Someone I've written about is Chris Paul, I think makes a lot of sense in Los Angeles because it gives Houston the requisite cap space they need. And the the Lakers might even be uh, convinced to give something up in the transaction that would help the Rockets in addition to that cap space. But in terms of just getting like a top five talent to pair with LeBron, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, as far as we can see, is it. So let's talk about Lonzo Ball, whose father famously said probably six months ago that he didn't want his son to play in New Orleans. However, Andrew Lopez of the Times Picayune said that Alvin Gentry very much wants Lonzo Ball in the backcourt alongside Drew Holiday. What are your thoughts uh, of this pairing? And do you think this is something that could still be smoothed over with Lonzo coming to New Orleans? Yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of times, and, and I've actually talked to Lonzo about this, that <clears throat> that 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 the things his dad says aren't what he thinks. <laughs> so uh, so he's 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 said that, and, and I think that that's true. And 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 you know it, it, he understands what it, he's not much like his dad at all. If you if you actually talk to him, um, and 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 so I think that what his dad says is one thing. I think what what Lonzo uh, thinks and wants is willing to do is another. Uh, so if he wound up going to to New Orleans, I don't think there would be a problem. You know, you might have to listen to his dad a little bit and and see him on Colin Coward or whatever, but that, you know, whatever you, you, you could deal with that. And I think Alvin uh, uh, has been around long enough to, to know how to handle that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think if you could get ball uh, and, and holiday together, I think you'd have, uh, you know, certainly uh, you'd have pretty good size in that backcourt. Uh, you you'd have terrific playmaking. You know, he's a little bit like, uh, uh, like Rondo was in, in, in that sense where, uh, where it could be such a pure playmaker, um, and and if they have the weapons that uh, uh, that 
that, that it looks like they'll get from one of these deals, uh, then that might be an ideal fit. Uh, you know, you do want some shooting though, and it's just man, he just cannot shoot, and it's just hard to <laughs> it's hard to square that. You know, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. uh, you know, just it, it, it's such a glaring hole in his game. He just hasn't been able to do anything to fix it. Uh, he's also had trouble staying healthy, and and you know, that's I I don't need to tell you guys that that you know I'm not sure the Pelicans as an organization want to get back into the business of of taking on players who might only play uh, you know 50 or 60 games, and and so. Um, you know, that, that's got to be a concern as well. But, uh, you know, talent-wise and, and, and as far as that pairing goes, I think that would be pretty good. And you could see why Alvin Gentry would like that, especially uh, with the way that, that Rondo and, and Drew Holiday played together when Rondo was, you know, when he was locked in and, and really playing like he was interested. Um, you know, that, that, that was a pretty good pairing. So uh, I think that's, that's sort of what, uh, uh, what Alvin would be thinking with that. Sean, let me ask you a quick follow-up since we are talking about Lonzo a lot. What is your favorite asset that the Lakers possess? And let's just say that Brandon Ingram's uh, blood clot is not going to be a concern going forward because yeah. it doesn't sound like it will be. You know, he had that thoracic outlet surgery, so it doesn't sound like he's on any kind of path similar to what Chris Bosh was. So let's say B.I. is okay. Who do you, who's your favorite among Lonzo, Ingram, and uh, Kyle Kuzma? Yeah, I still think it's Ingram. You know, I mean, I, you got to remember that Ingram's only 21, and, and uh, you know, that – he he's really he came into the league uh i think uh as uh, uh as a guy who was who was 19 but but was sort of like physically and 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 almost mentally more like 17 16 you know just he wasn't very well developed when he came into the league uh mm-hmm. so i think that that you know these first 3 years and you look at the improvement uh and you look at the uh you know what he's done and and the things that he's gotten better at uh, you know it's, it's a real indication and you really it's what you really want to see out of a young guy he's willing to work you know, if he's willing to do the work and 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 get better and make those improvements, uh, then you know he's not going to shortchange his talent. Uh, and and he just it, it, to me, uh, he's a guy who can still get uh, uh, get up around you know twenty points a game and 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 be a decent perimeter shooter. I, I think his floor is like. Uh, you know, Rudy Gay, you know, some, somebody like that, you know, at Rudy Gay's peak. And, and that's pretty good, you know, I, and, and certainly if, uh, uh, if he can be a better shooter and, and less of a volume shooter than, uh, than Rudy Gay was, and it, he does seem to have that attribute, then, then, then I think he's got, uh, you know, a place where he'll be sort of a fringe all-star, never really quite make the all-star team, but always be kind of a, you know, the guy who's on the snub list, you know, that kind of, I think that's what, that, that's what his future is. And, and, and that's not bad. So I think he's, uh, uh, to me, he's he's probably the best asset that they've got. All right, this is Sean Devaney, national writer, insider, and four-time author. Sean, we're going to get you out on this. Uh, from an outsider's perspective, the Pelicans have hired David Griffin, Trajan Langdon, Aaron Nelson. They've put nearly $5 million into their six-year-old facility. Gail Benson seems or appears to be making all the right moves. From an outsider's perspective, why should Pelicans fans be excited about the incoming front office changes? Well, you know, we started this off talking about, about uh, you know, sort of the, the excitement around the Anthony Davis stuff. To me, that's probably the biggest thing that has come out of this for the Pelicans is I think that, that sort of being dragged through the mud they were, the way they were in, uh, in, in, in the end of January there in, in, in early February uh, by the Lakers, by Rich Paul, uh, the way that, that uh, people were talking, oh, they're going to sell the team, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think that really caught the attention of, of Gail Benson uh, and, and, and the, the folks running the team. 
and they said, well, you know, we've got to stop being number 30 of 30. You know, we've, we've got to, you know, how can we change this perception? I don't think they were really aware of the way that they were perceived until that happened. So to me, January 28th was, was a pretty big day for the Pelicans, not just because Anthony Davis uh, requested a trade, but because the, you finally got the ownership to say, hey, wait, this is how they view us? We've got to change this. And, and I think you've seen that happen. You know, so you bring in uh, a really credible general manager like David Griffin. You bring in uh, Trajan Langdon, who was, being, who was a candidate uh, as, a, as, a, as a general manager himself, uh, in other places, including in New Orleans, uh, and and you know you start getting this 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 training staff, and and as I mentioned before, you know injuries have been such a huge part. I'm not saying that's all the the training staff's fault, but but certainly you want to get the best people you can. So so they bring Nelson over. Uh, you know this is this is this is what you want to see as a Pelicans fan, uh, and and you know you take what what might be a dark day. You know Anthony Davis wants out, and you look at what's actually happened. It's actually a pretty good day. It turned out to be the day that I I think really turned around the franchise and 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 will will ensure that they stay in New Orleans uh, and 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 will ensure that uh, uh, they they kind of get things moving in the right direction to where they're a consistent playoff team. Great stuff. That's all the time we have for now. Big thanks to Sean. He's national writer, insider, four time author. You can follow him at Sean Devaney. Sean, are we going to see you in summer league, sir? Where can our followers best find you? Yeah, well, I'll be on Twitter at Sean Devaney, and uh, and I'm expecting to be at Summer League. Yeah, I should uh, I should be there, and I'll be sure to say hello, guys. I should have asked how to say your last name. I was like, I'm just gonna go for it, and I was way off. Uh, but uh, you better, were better. way off. I, I get that all the time. No, no, no worries about that. <laughs> strong and wrong. That's that's what my wife says. Just be strong and wrong. Uh, Ali Cosell. Uh, you can follow him at Ali Cosell, our editor in chief. What do you got going on, sir? Uh, I, I want to break down the best assets for Anthony Davis. Let's list them in order, you know, so maybe do I, I haven't decided with a top 20, top 25, but we'll see. All right, cool. Don't forget to uh, support us any way you can. We're not asking for anything financial. Just hit that like, that retweet button hard and often. We'll keep hitting you guys with content all summer long. Thanks again to Sean. For now, Absolutely. let's go pals. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.